What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 10. Yes, that's episode 10 of the Coffee with Sam podcast. Today's guest is a secondary school PE teacher. She also is a bronze, silver, and world champion uh, with Team England and is a Coventry Dynamite Ignite athlete for the last seven years. I do believe. So let's welcome on our guest, the one, the only, Laura Wordly, Lolly818 on Instagram, if you guys follow her. Yes then, look at the hair. Pink hair. <laughs> oh dear, so guys listening, or if you've seen this before, the reason why I've got this color hair is because of this person here. Yeah. She's finally held up her end of the bargain. Well, we had a bit of a nightmare, didn't we, with the whole silver hair. Mm. I was meant to take the grey, but... I, I think the last, it. like, three episodes have been me and Deb talking about how to dye your hair. Yeah. <laughs> so where, why the pink? Well, the silver clearly didn't work, so I thought, I don't know, pink, take the pink. Is it like a, does it last or will it wash out or? Well, it says 12 to 15 washes. So over time it'll gradually get lighter and lighter. You've got naturally blonde hair anyway. Did you have to dye it first? No, because it's already blonde. It's all right. Oh, lucky you. Mine didn't even go grey. How many times did it take you to do yours? Uh, to dye it, I dyed it twice, blonde had to yeah. leave it and use that shampoo stuff and then put the grey on and it just made it lighter blonde. It didn't even go grey. It's not, it's not ginger though, is it? No, the back bits here have been dark. But now I'm trying to cut it itself, look. Oh dear, look at that. How bad is that, that is. Grey? Or is that just like your head? That's just my grey hair, Laura. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me being an old man. Well, it looks all from here. Thank you. So how are you dealing with this situation? What have you been doing? Um, getting there. Hard to adapt to, but um, trying to get into routine. I'm still getting up early. Um, still got to work from home, so I've got to set work for all the students at work. Um, checking emails. So are you doing like Zoom classes or you just got to set work for them and send it to them? No, so at the moment we set um, all of our work online on this platform called Google, Google Classroom. So place to work at the start of the week and then we have to be online in case they need us email and we get back to them and then we check the work at the end of the week and then obviously we need to contact home if we're not doing it and stuff like that. So how long were you into this crisis? Did you have to stay at work? Because you had to, I do believe you had to carry on working for key workers, children, right? Yeah. So basically what they're trying to do is choose members of staff to be in school that haven't really got a family or haven't got anything else outside of work so when the lockdown happened i was in work for two weeks uh, with the key workers and vulnerable students which is weird because they're in school we had our school we've got over 2,000 students and each week we had probably maximum 10 so it was weird going in it's not really like it wasn't really like teaching lessons it's more we go into the uh, computer room they get on with their work and go outside, do some sport, come back in. So yeah, that was a bit weird. We've got free food. Oh, nice. How many kids did you end up having? 
Not so mentally. it started off about 10. Uh, but by the end, there was about five or six a day. So it's crazy. Like no yeah, that's one. hard. Which is good. It's good that people are choosing not to come in. But um, it's just weird. But it was hard though. Like, there was, was there two teachers? Yeah, surely there's got to be two. Yeah. Two. There was basically two like, kind of senior leaders, um, like the head and vice principal. And there was me and one other person as teachers with a small number of students. How have yeah. you found that cheerleading? Weird. Because at the start, I was kind of like, oh, actually, I don't mind not going to cheer every Friday, especially after a long week. But now, I'm like, oh, I want to get back, which is probably a good sign. Do you think it would have um, been easier if we hadn't got Worlds? Do you think it was just like a few competitions, it might have been a bit easier? Maybe. I don't know. I kind of pre-prepared myself like months in advance that Worlds maybe wasn't going to be on. So I think some people are kind of hoping it's still going to be on, so it might be worse for them. But I'd kind of already thought maybe, probably because the schools have heard a lot at school about what was happening. So I kind of thought I was probably not going to go ahead, but I don't know. It's not been too hard. Um, how, have you dealt, how have you dealt with, like, I suppose being a teacher you're a bit, and also, like, a, um, a veteran in the sport, it's a bit easier yeah. mentally to, to take over how have you felt that your mental health has not suffered but when you're mentally yeah. you keep thinking oh, i should be out in florida i should be competing yeah. i should be with all my friends and i'm just locked in this yeah. room and i'm stuck in this house <laughs> yeah to be fair to start with i did struggle um especially living on my own and i'm always so busy cheerleading i do loads of sport and i'm always out of the house um so to be, to be fair, to start with, I did struggle a little bit um, with being on my own and knowing my family are at home all together and they're sending pictures across and having great fun and stuff. Um, but I think I've adjusted now. I've tried to get a routine. Um, I was just about to say, what have you? What do you feel you've done to keep yourself sane? Yeah. So, I always still get up early. I always get up early anyway. Um, try to keep active, go for walks, go for runs, keep in touch with as many people as I can. Always FaceTime and my sister doing like online workouts together. Um, just trying to keep the same as I can by keeping a routine. Um, started doing some colouring, so that's fun. Yeah, been mowing my lawns. Nice. Busy, really. So, yeah, I'm kind of getting getting into the swing of it now. What about you? It's 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 weird because you say routine, but then to me, it's when I get to like six, seven o'clock at night. Or, yeah. Or even later than that, and I'm not physically drained, I'm not tired, yeah. where normally when you've worked all day, and then yeah. you've gone to cheer, or you've done something extra, you're ready to go to bed at nine o'clock, whereas now I don't feel like I'm ready, but I know yeah. I'm putting my sleep is, so I need to go to bed, but I'm not ready to go to bed, mm. and that's when I start to get like, ah. Yeah, I agree, mine's like three o'clock, I'm like, oh, before tea, I'm like, oh, that's when I get the worst. Yeah, you, eat, I your think actually, you eat your dinner, and then you're like, well, what now? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think though it's helped me like relax? Oh yeah. I've never relaxed and my brain is constantly going on and I go to bed and I'm like, right, I've got to do this tomorrow, I've got to do this. And now I'm kind of like, actually, it's kind of helped me a bit. What do you, do you think it's on a it's actually given you time to relax because of how fast paced everybody's lives have to be these days to be able to survive? Yeah. Now we're allowed to do nothing. 
it's nice to not think about anything. Yeah, I think it makes you realise how much you actually do yeah. normally and that you probably shouldn't be doing that much and your brain shouldn't be working that hard every single day. Do you think it's going to make you be more valuable to yourself when you do go back to work? Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to make sure I've got time just to chill because I'm always doing running up and down everywhere. So I think yeah, well, you think your body doesn't need to relax. Oh yeah, when you when you think you've got free time, you actually take up your free time with doing something else. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're at work every day. That's what Abby always said to me. Like she'll have a day off, and she'll want to just stay in all day. And I'll be like, "Let's go do something." And she's yeah. like, "Can't you just sit down?" And I'm a bit like, "No." But then yeah. now I have to. It's it's nice to actually do that. And it, like you say, it gives you if you've got if you're someone who has got a bit of a overworked brain, and you just keep you can't sit down and can't sit still. It's yeah. nice to have to sit still and have to do nothing. Yeah, when you've got work, you kind of like all your free time, you're like, oh, I've got to make the most of it. Let's go and do this, let's go and do, go and do that. But now, I've got loads of free time, so how, you can just do How do you juggle? Because my, my picture of a school teacher is you start work at like 7 a.m. So that means you've, you're up at like 5, you've left the house at 6. You're working all day, and then you have to do all your marking or your session planning for the next day. How the hell do you fit in cheerleading, which takes over your life anyway? Yeah, a lot of people ask me this, but for me, cheerleading is kind of my getting away from work because teachers, it, it can just take over your life. And I know so many people that will go in to work, do loads of work, then work all day, then get home and then continue working. So I think it's about being kind of organised. I try and get into work, yeah, at seven. And that's when I do all my work. So from seven till nine, I'll get loads of my work done. Then after school, I'll have my fixtures um, that I might have for my teams. And after that, I just refuse to do work because I'm already doing my day and before school. Um, so usually I do my work before school and then maybe on a Sunday night before Monday to give myself that time. Um, so for me, it's busy, but I make use of the time that I've got before school rather than after. That's how I kind of juggle it. So do you think, like, because when I remember back at school and the teachers would always give you that, well, you're going to give me this bad day and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to carry on working. And because obviously I was not a very good child at school. Um, so I'd always get that, the, the speech from them, like, oh, you're giving me a hard time at, her, at, at school and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to work till nine, ten o'clock tonight and then I'm back in tomorrow and oh, I'll get to see you again. And so you think it was just them not juggling their time structurally? Probably. This is not uh, you going at this is not you going at teachers, by the way. This oh I'm, no, don't worry. <laughs> there's there's different types of people. Um some people will just that teaching is their life. And that's fine. They that's what they love, they want to go home, they want to do loads of work. Um I think it's just the way you go about it. I mean, I personally I've done it before where you say that to students, you might not be going home and doing all that work, but you say it to get them to do something. So I've realised as the years go on, a lot of teaching is like an act. So you say things and you, you might get angry and come across angry to make them do something. But inside, you're not really that annoyed. You just say it to try and get them to do something. They're like coaching, really. Yeah. They're like coaching. Yeah. I mean, people, have, everyone's got a different teaching style, so it just depends. And do you yeah. find that 
cheer, you never, like cheer does fully relax you and chill you out or can it be stressful adding on to the top of a stressful job? At times of the year, I do think to myself, I can't do this anymore. When it gets to stressful times, like exam season, when I've got loads of planning, loads of marking, and especially with training being on a Friday night, I've had the most hectic week ever, finish work and I just want to go home, and then having to go to cheer. So at times, it can be really stressful and I just, it's just you don't want to do it. But I think once you're there and you're like, okay, I've got to do it, that's when I switch off and think, actually, yeah, it's fine. Because I know I've got the weekend after that. So like on a Friday night for Ignite, when we would be there 10, uh, till 10.30, what time were you out of the house? What time did you start your day? Uh, so usually I'll get up about half five, leave about half six, get to work at seven. And then I would have cheer till half ten, wouldn't we? And then I'd drive back home, I'd get home about midnight. So I'm glad it was Friday. So like four hours in bed, <laughs> if you get up yeah. the next day. But then some days we had Friday, Saturday, right? Sometimes we had weekend training, yeah. So you get about six then. hours sleep and then you'd have to be up again. Yeah, and then if I, if I had work that I had to do for Monday, I'd get to Sunday and I was just like, oh, how am I going to do this? No wonder you've got abs of steel and you're so ripped. You have no time to eat. <laughs> oh, no, that's another thing. If you're a teacher, teachers will know this. You literally eat on the job. I'm like at my laptop, eating my food. <sighs> Crazy. I say, you have no time to eat. That's why you've got this athletic <laughs> body. It's not just because you're an athlete. It's because you don't have time to eat. You're overdriving uh, or cheating. You or with, um, I always have time to eat. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm time food. So, why teaching? And why did that come about? Right, this is really weird because I never thought ever in a million years that I'd want to be a secondary teacher. I remember like thinking at school, how the heck do teachers do this? Because kind of like you said, you always remember the naughty kids. So I look back at when I was at school and I was like, right, remember that person, they were a right nightmare. Yeah, but um, I was one of these, sorry to put in, I was one of these kids though that, you probably still see it now with me. Teachers hated me, but they couldn't help but love me. I can kind of get, I can kind of get that. Is, is yeah. what I mean, like, so it, it made it even worse because some teachers hated me, but then other teachers would be like, oh, it's not that bad. Or they yeah. would they would just hate me, but could not shout at me forever. I know, you know exactly what type of student you are. You're one of those students that's like, doesn't do everything by the book and then jokes around and it's like in the middle of a lesson, it's really quiet and then you just say a joke or do something stupid. And inside as a teacher, I'm like, okay, gotta be serious now. But in my head, I'm like, really wanna laugh at that? <laughs> yeah, I'd be a nightmare as a teacher. I'd find so much funny, so much yeah. funny yeah so, so yeah why teaching like so you said you you didn't think, think you would go into it um yeah. well basically i did PE. i always loved sport and then i went to uni um originally i wanted to do physio um but like sports physiotherapy which is really really hard to get into which i realized as i went to do my work experience so then i was like oh maybe i'll look at physio as a whole did loads of work experience went into some wards um probably you'll know as well, like, because of Alex, but a lot of physio is being in wards, getting a lot of old people out of bed, rehabilitation, and yeah. I just didn't think I could cope with it. So then I was like, right, I don't think I can do that anymore. What should I do? So then I thought maybe primary school teaching, because I was like, the students might be easier to work with in terms of behaviour. 
So then I went on to work experience in primary schools and I was like, mm, yeah, it's okay. And I did a week in a secondary school. And originally when I applied to be a teacher, I applied for two primary teacher training courses and one secondary. And I didn't get one of the primary ones. And then I got the secondary one. And so when I applied, they were like, you need a bit more experience in the secondary school. So before I accepted it, I went to another school in Birmingham, in a sister school, and um, I did experience there, and I just loved it. I think being in a department, not from a student's perspective, but from a teacher's perspective, you see it so different. And then from there, that's, that's, where, that's where I went, and I love it now, which is like the complete opposite of what I ever wanted to do. So, yeah. It's quite funny when you speak to... Not everyone, but quite a lot of people these days, it's always like, well, I never saw myself doing that. Um, or it happened because of this A, B, C, and D, and that's why I ended up where I was. Um, but it's, I suppose it's the same sort of thing, though. If you wanted to be involved in sport, you are involved in sport, but just a complete different aspect yeah. of it. Um, so do you find that you enjoy coaching cheer because you're a teacher? Or do you find that hard because cheer is meant to be your outlet? No, I, I love coaching so much. I think the hardest thing as a teacher is going from teacher style to coach style. You've got to be a little bit more, you've got to adapt a little bit compared to teaching. Teaching, you do it this way, it's got to be quite strict, regimented. Whereas coaching, as I've had been coaching, no one's like as an athlete, you've got to change. And I think it's quite hard to flip between the two, but I love it. I think you you coach a uh, uni team. Sorry, you coach a uni team, right? Yeah, so I coach um, Derby Ravens, um, Derby Uni team, um, which is really weird because I'm used to teaching people that are obviously a lot younger than me. And some students are mature students, so they range from like 18 to probably some race to me, so it's quite weird. Similar to you, really, coaching obviously Nitro, going from an athlete to that, it's quite weird, but it's enjoyable. You can have that relationship with them, it's good. What do you find um, the difference is with Uni Cheer and competitive say club cheer it's so different it's so different because people at uni go there and do to do cheer but some of them don't really understand what it's like as an all-star all-star cheer yeah um so some of them don't understand sort of the high expectations of what as coaches we want the routine to look like so it's quite hard to get that in their head um, and to, it's loads of reps and reps and reps, but I think they're getting it. Like some, that's the hard thing as well, because some people on the team have done all-star cheer, so they're really wanting to go, go, go and have that perfection, where some are kind of like, oh, we've done this, and it's not, it's, it's good, but it's not great, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. Do you find that, like with uni cheers, so I've worked with a few uni teams, do you find that sometimes it's a bit frustrating because they want to be good and they want to win but they're not willing to do the stuff that that takes it to win do you know what i mean like you get to like a comp weekend and they're a bit bummed when they don't do very well and it's like well definitely that's exactly what happened this year kind of because we, we did quite well last year that they sort of carry that on and think oh we want to go there and do really really well and but then you can only do that well if you're going to listen and put all the hard work in. And you've got to, the problem is getting everyone to buy into it as well. Um, so, yeah, exactly what you said, basically. It's hard, but it's really, really enjoyable. 
and it's really rewarding when actually some people come in and they've never flown before in their lives and they leave uni and they can do something they've never done before it's good so a very long career in cheerleading how long have you been cheering for now it's weird it seems like i've honestly only started but so i started when i was 18 i only started at university so what's that about this must be my eighth year i think eight years and all the world's medals all the world's medals bronze silver and gold in eight yeah. years that's pretty impressive laura that's pretty impressive that's pretty good um let's take you back to that moment when you Which got one? your ball let's go first world's medal first let's say what was it like that was bronze okay so that was really really amazing because i remember 2014 the first year of team england i tried out and i didn't get on so I was absolutely gutted. I remember everyone on commentary got on apart from me, so it made it even worse. Um, and then the year after that, I didn't do Worlds because I was um, doing my teacher training. This is the year after. And so I was so happy even to make the team. Um, and obviously, we'd, they'd never medaled before. So when we got that medal, we were just literally like, oh my God, like how? So that was, that was amazing, yeah. Do you find it, it was weird for to be the first English team to medal due to the fact of the we never really thought English teams would be at the top. We were always happy to be top 10, sixth, fifth. Like that was like us winning really. So yeah. find it was a weird feeling because it's like, oh, we don't, we don't know how to win medals. So this is a really weird to, to like process. Yeah, I think that because the way we celebrated was literally like with one goal. <laughs> I think probably some of the other teams there were like, uh, because literally we were so happy because like you say, the coaches, everyone, that it never happened before. So for us to even make the top three was like an amazing achievement. I found it really weird that I'd always pictured myself like crying and being like, oh my God, this is what it was all for. And I didn't know how to react. It was like, oh. <laughs> um, and then I didn't actually cry until I met my mom in the audience like 30 minutes after. And then it all just... Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it was like a little baby. But it was very weird. Like you, you I couldn't imagine, we'll get onto the, the gold in a minute, but I couldn't imagine like people who strive for say 10, 15 years to, to win the Olympics and they finally do, to then think, oh, actually I've done it. Like it was very yeah. weird. Like, oh, I never thought I'd get a world's medal. How do I react to this? Like yeah. it was how I planned and I thought this is how I would react and I didn't. I completely reacted the opposite. Um, like I said, until I, until I saw my mom, and then I was just like, Pfft. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I remember thinking I'm going to be crying. I'm going to have like I'm going to be crying. It's going to be all my mates me run down my face, and that just didn't happen. I think it does take some people. Even for me, it was like two days later. I was like, oh, like that actually happened. Um, but yeah. I, I find with I don't know what it was like because I wasn't on the the gold winning year, but. As England, we don't know how to win. So even in an English team, like um, when you've been on Coventry and um, they we've placed fifth, it was still very like, oh yeah, fifth. Whereas some people were like, oh my God, like we're close, we're so close. And I feel like some people will look at that as in like, all right, you only came fifth. Or even when you win, it's yeah. like, when you win, it is England, we're a bit like that. I don't know if it's that stiff upper lip of like, oh, well, yeah, we won, but we're not going to be happy about it. It's like, 
Yeah, it, I agree. Whereas Americans, when they win, they're crying, they're running around, like they, like, ah, oh, like second or third or anything. They're like, they're really like into it and like, oh my god, we just got a medal. Whereas England, it's very like, yeah, thanks, we got a medal. Yeah, that's so true. Now I think I didn't think about it now, but now you said it. Actually, it's so true. Like all the other teams when they got, they're like crying hysterically and like celebrating loads. Whereas we're kind of like, oh yeah, and then the next day, that's kind of it. It's a bit like. A bit like the joke, uh, me and you, so people watching, listening to this, me and Laura having a joke the other week, she, she commented about something I'd said about a medal I'd won. Um, and then I completely changed how I actually reacted to it and was like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about that medal that I won. Um, and I think that was the, the English in us where, like, you guys never talk about winning. If I'd won, I've got a bronze and a silver and I talk about it all the time. If I'd won, I would be telling everybody and I don't know if that's because the time I spent in America, like they would walk around with their rings from five years ago, maybe, on their chains, or they'd be wearing them. Whereas in England, that seemed, seemed as like, all right, no one cares. Like, yeah. And it's, I think in England, you look bad if you are happy about something or you don't really want to sell yourself or say what you've achieved. Because it's kind of, I, 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 don't even, I don't like doing it because I'm like, oh, it's a bit embarrassing. It shouldn't be because you've worked for it. Um, yeah, I feel it's a shame because I had some good conversations with people, athletes I was with that had won worlds like five years ago. And then you start, oh, what, what team, how? And you get to talk about it. Whereas if, if someone meets you, they don't know you've got three world's medals. And I know you don't want to walk around the medals around your chest all the time and the rings on all the time, but... I feel like even if you had it on a necklace, you would get sly comments from somewhere, from someone, or talked about you behind your back in England. Whereas in America, it's literally like, yeah, I've won Worlds four times. Look at it all on my fingers. Or like I say, they would have them on chains and they would wear them day in, day out around their necks. Yeah. And that's like... That's wow. so true. I don't know if it's like a... I don't know what it is in England because even like if I've worn my world ring once, it's like some people go, like, oh, that's amazing. But some people go, like, oh yeah, you've got your world ring on. And it's like, I don't know why that reaction happens. And thinking back to it, when Americans come over to England, we're always kind of like, oh, they're so confident. They're prancing around doing this and that. But actually, what is wrong with doing that, really, when they've worked for it? So They bring yeah. their rings with them. They bring their medals with them because they travel with them. And like, Yeah, like you say, we're a bit like, oh, can't believe that person's got their rings. Like, oh, but it's like, why? You've, you've, earned, you've Why earn, why work so hard for it? And then leave it at home. Like, I think maybe know, it's kind of a jealousy thing, isn't it? Where people kind of want to get there. So rather than working for it themselves, they're kind of like, oh, well, look at them wearing their ring or whatever. Me, yeah. and Deb, me and Deb were talking about this on a podcast, podcast the other day, and it's the British, she was saying, it's like the British way. We don't like to talk about certain things like money. Yeah. Anyone mentions, if I said to you, oh, Laura, how much do you earn? You'd be... asking uh, that. Like, why do you want to know that? Like, oh, oh. Or she was saying that we don't like to talk about um, sexual activity and stuff yeah. like that. Like we won't talk about body parts and like we're very, we're very closed and that mm, gentlemen, ladies, um, which maybe it all goes on to the same thing of like, bra not bragging as such, but because we don't want to talk about how much money we earn or all the things we've got, we won't talk about winning either or we won't talk yeah. about wanting to win. Um, and that was another thing I found in America. They talked about winning all the time, all the time. 
everything you did was when we're going to win. We're doing this now because we're going to win. And I find that I found that so hard, especially yeah. like on, on Ignite, it was always like, okay, we're going for top 10, but it was like, maybe, and then, oh, don't know. It was never a, let's go for top 10, let's do this. This nothing else is going to be better than being top 10 or top five or what it was never spoken about winning or setting stone as such. But I found that gave the UK's going that way now because they, I feel they, the UK are now seeing the stamp that they're putting on things. I'd say probably the Team England year you, you won, it was always talked about winning, right? Yeah. I'll say, do you think it motivated you more? 100%. Oh yeah, we were in the gym at twelve thirty at night, one o'clock in the morning, and it's like when you get, when you've won, you'll be looking back at this and saying, "That's why we won. That's why we won." Like, yeah. come on, let's go again. That's why we won. Um, it was all I say. It was always put back to that. Go run round the block. It's, they were called gold laps. If you were sent on a punishment run, they were called gold laps. So it still changed it in your mind as I'm running because I'm going to win. And it's yeah. that mindset. And I feel the UK are slowly going that way. Um, we've seen it in a lot of gyms this year that people say, where are you going for? It's like they actually have an idea of why they're going to Worlds, not just, we're going to Worlds. It's like, why are you going to Worlds? Mm -hmm. Top 10. Why are you going to Worlds? Top 5. Why are you going to Worlds? We want a place. We want to go second. We want to go from our third to our second. Or um, So it's finally getting there. But I do feel that it can take away from winning. And especially that third year, I did take away from it a little bit because we're British. <laughs> we're not allowed to get excited about winning. Yeah. So let's go to the gold year then. How did, let's go from the beginning of the journey, how it felt, how it teed up to where it was going to be. I think that year was really intense because the year before we'd obviously come second. And I think it was that finally a year where we were like, actually, you know what, if we have got a good team, if we work hard, we could potentially. And I, I think in my head, I kind of thought, oh, maybe, but it, I never really thought, I don't know. So I remember tryouts, it was like the most intense tryouts I've ever done, Team England. It was like, the talent there was like... And I'll, I, I'll agree with you there, because I didn't get on. It was brutal. <laughs> was scary, was it? It was brutal. And I think that was the problem. It went from... The last two years being, oh, okay, it's quite scary, it's skills camp, to very intense. Yeah. And groups couldn't handle it. Um, yeah. My group fell, literally fell apart. My group fell to bits. And within the first yeah. 10 minutes, we were like, no chance. And yeah, like you say, it was very intense. So then from there, after those cuts were made... Yeah, so after that, there's a lot of pressure on that year, if I remember, making sure you were training in your group all the time. And I had, I think I had Toby and Ryan that year, so Toby had to keep travelling, he had to keep travelling quite a lot, but... That Toby Brewer. Toby yeah. Brewer, 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 Brewer. I think the difference between that year and all the other years is there's a complete, from the start, this is the stunt section we're doing, this is what it's going to look like. So way before... We knew the sun section, so it's like we were repping it and repping it and repping it so much earlier than normal. Um, but even this year, we didn't really know this proper sun section until a bit later on. But that year, I can remember we just knew it. I think even the trials, we had a sequence, didn't we? Did we yeah. have to practice it? Yeah. 
So, so do you think that they, they, the coaching staff were starting to believe, like, actually, the next step is winning. We can't come second again. We need to win. Yeah. Which is to why it was so brutal from the word get-go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think they, they knew that they had to do something different in order for us to be that good. Um, so, yeah, it was really intense training. I remember even at the training camp, it was so much more intense. We did so many more full-outs compared to normal, thinking back through the years and then this year and the year before. Um, and when we were there, it was just, it was just, it was just a lot more intense, I think, it was just a lot more reps. So day one, you've hit, you were second, right? We were second, yeah. Second in day one, and you, I think you had a, was it a bobble or a tumble, something was wrong? We had a bobble from one group, um, and then was it like an inverted basket? It was two little things, I think, but as a whole, it was like a good run. So we were really happy. Um, and then, we, yeah, we come second and we found out we were, I think we weren't, we weren't that close to, was it Mexico? I think it was Mexico. Was it Chile? I don't know. One of those teams really. Anyway, we were, we were quite far behind. Like it wasn't that, oh, we're really, really close. So we were like, okay, right, we need to really, really hit solidly the next day. Um, in order to win, like we can do it, anything can happen the next day, they might drop. We were all kind of like, in my head, I was like, oh, man, we really need to hit. But I kind of thought, oh, they, they're so far ahead. Like, I, think, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. So I day two, going to warm-ups. Did you have to go and train after that or not? Yeah, so we went to the grass after, and then we trained again in the morning. So we always train on the grass in the morning before going down to warm-ups. And I always have this thing, every time for Team England, like, my stunt goes dodgy, every time on the grass outside. So again, I was wrapping this handstand up, falling every time, as usual. I don't know what's going on. So now I was getting stressed. Anyway, get to warm up. And once, once I'm in the warm up floor, I'm in a kind of different mindset and everything is hitting. And I remember, John, if you're watching this, John dropped every single one of his partner's lunch in warm up. Every John, single one. John Crosland. Yeah. Even though John is like probably the best partner center, isn't he? Like he never drops. And his partner's lunch drops every time it was a pull up. And so I thought, well, maybe they'll take it out and just do a straight toss top. But they didn't, they kept it in and he just hit it. But I remember on the floor, um, and we did the ha- we did handstand ups one at a time, and it said England. And I remember as it, as it hit, the crowd was literally so loud. I was like, oh, yes, we hit it. Then we did a double around, and everyone was cheering. And then we get to the TikTok, and we did a full around TikTok, and I lit- the crowd literally just went, Oh, you had a bubble, oh didn't you? my it was god! A bubble, wasn't there? It was the point stunt group fell to the floor, and then we had another bubble. I think like came down to press and then pushed up. So I was like, oh no! And I remember screaming on the mat, "Keep going, keep going, we can do it!" As I was walking to the back, and then after that, the referee team was fine. The team, the team that went in, they had a right mare, didn't they? Like a mare, mare. Yeah, so we, they were on after us. So we all came off the floor like, oh, God. And then the coaches did the whole thing like, oh, well done. Like, it was still a good run, a good fight. And, and you just know, and you're heading like, right, that's it. You're lying. Good. What are you lying for? It's just like a picky thing, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you lying? You're lying. Stop so, lying. Good fight from everyone. I was just like, great. That means it was awful. Mm-hmm. So we came off, and then we somehow realised that the team that beat us were on next. So as we were standing in the crowd, it's one of those cheer things where you watch it and you just 
kind of it's not as bad but you just want something to go wrong and I remember like it was me it must be me Dan and Ryan I think and um they dropped something and we were like oh god and then the pyramid so just like slamming to the ground slamming to the ground so we were like oh my god so still our heads I thought there's absolutely no chance we're going to win like maybe the person that's third is going to jump up because it was just awful so when we actually won I think that's why everyone was so shocked because it was like wasn't really expected um with that performance but it just shows surely anything can happen like we what was know. the what was the feeling what describe how you felt I was like in shock I was so happy but like you said when we got the bronze like it hadn't hit me I expected to be and I remember looking around the whole team people were crying like screaming hugging each other and I was so so happy I was like oh my god I can't believe this but I didn't cry and it was only like a day later I woke up in the morning and I was like oh my god that we actually won um so yeah it was like amazing it was kind of like it was just thinking back to when I first started training, I couldn't even do anything. So actually managing to get to where we were was like amazing. But as I say, it only hit me like a couple of days later. Yeah, it was good. I think it, it does it does that though, because the moment takes away from it, especially if you think you're not gonna win. Yeah, exactly. The moment yeah. the moment completely takes away from it and you either react one way or the other, don't you? Yeah. But like I say, especially you start to think it's, it's a horrible feeling to think, oh, well, this is how I'm going to be judged for reacting. Like, yeah. you're having I the back of your that. mind, like, people are like, oh my God, why are they crying? Or why are they, yeah, you, and that's, that's the British way, I think. And you either care or you don't care. And you yeah. react in, in certain ways. Um, there's pe- yeah, because there's people that care about what people think. And I used to be like that. I used to really care what people thought and how I'd be perceived by other people. But as you get older, I think you kind of, probably same for you, I just kind of, I don't really care what people think about me anymore. And I think that's where people need to, that's what people need to be like, to get where they need to be. Not worry about anyone else, but worry about yourself. Yeah, spending, say, spending a lot of time with, with Americans gave me a, a new lease of life. Because as a kid, I never cared. And then from like, say, four, 15 up, I started to care. And if I actually look back to what I was like as a child, I literally didn't care. Like, yeah. I wore the most outrageous clothes. And it was always like, why? Why not? I just didn't care what people thought. Um, and then I started to go the other way. And I'm going back, back. I'm trying to go back to that where I just don't, not too much. I don't care that it ends up being stupid. And I end up doing things that I wouldn't normally have done as such or saying things I wouldn't normally say. But I think it can get to you caring so much what people think. Obviously, with social media, that's the problem as well. Um, but I do think that that mindset of it did take away from it slightly. Um, so hopefully it didn't when you won, because it took three years for the near and the same sort of people to think, okay, this is believable. Um, so I hope it didn't take away from it too much. No, no, it, it didn't. But I just do think, yeah, in England, we've got that thing where you are judged on how you react. You're judged on everything, aren't you? What you post, how, what you wear, how you dress, everything. Um, but no, it was, it was amazing, that moment. Awesome. So what did you do after that? So you've done Team England six for the last two years? Yeah. As if that yeah. was two years ago. 
I know, I remember literally, I was like, no way am I doing level six. No, I'm never doing it. I don't even know how it came about that I was going to do it. You just can't. It's, it's representing your country is you. It's hard to pull away from that. I think. Yeah. Um, like I didn't have the choice to pull away from it because I didn't get on the third year, so it wasn't like a choice. It was. Yeah. I mean, whereas if if I was probably on that winning year, I probably would have carried on and gone to level six, and, and I felt because I'd taken that knockback, I never then. Obviously, I left the country for a bit, but I never thought ah, I'll go back to it. I just thought, you know what. It's my time. They've won. It's my time. Whereas with you, you've been there from all the medal years. So it's probably going to be hard for you to step away from it. Yeah, yeah. It is. I think because it's such a different environment, being with different people on different teams, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, make friends. I was saying that to... Who did I talk to? I was uh, one of the guests I had on the podcast and I was talking to them saying that was my main reason for how much I enjoyed my both my years to I got to meet people that maybe didn't like me and then they did because they finally met me or people I didn't like and now I like them um and it was that's what I loved from it um or maybe you met people and you thought yeah I still don't like you um (laughs) but what I got from it was like the whole bring in I feel that that bronze year maybe because I was part of it, but I feel like the actual cheer community, like my comps after that were so much better. Bournemouth was so much better because I actually knew people. I didn't just go and stay with my own team the whole weekend. I went and congregated with all the people I knew from Team England. And I think because as well, before you do Team England, you're kind of like, oh, there's that team. We can't go and talk to them. They're our rivals. There's this team. Oh, they're idiots. It's like you're kind of separate. Whereas I think when Team England started, it kind of changed that perspective didn't it it was kind of like actually you can have friends on different teams and they're not all horrible and we're not all against each other we are all cheerleaders we like the sport and we can work together so I agree I love the fact that I could just be on a team with other people talented athletes um, and make new friends and people that I thought maybe were idiots before like you say actually you get to know them they're nothing like you think so I think that's really good they were me people see they see something from the outside I remember Toby Toby Brewer and Nathan, both on Unity, they thought I was like an angry, manly man, like all the time from what how they'd seen me perform. And then when yeah. they met me, they were like, "You're complete opposite." They yeah. actually said to me when they came to Cov that I they thought I was going to be the one of ones they didn't get on with, but they got on with me straight away. And I was like, yeah. "That it's that kind of thing that is great mixing into Team England because you." You just see people perform or you see people walking around when they're in the mindset of ready to perform. Like an hour before I'm about to go on, don't talk to me. And that's what people see. You're walking past someone and you're ignoring them. Well, you don't know them for one. Yeah. You're in that mindset of I'm going to compete and they might just hate you for that. And it's like when you finally get to spend weekends, eat dinner with people, stay in hotel rooms with people, you finally actually get to know the real people. Yeah, exactly. It's such a good experience. So what's your, how different is level six? So I know you don't like going up that high, do you? <laughs> uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the most enjoyable level for me, personally. But it's, it's, it can be fun. Yeah. I think if you've done it throughout your cheerleading career, then you wouldn't have an issue. 
And for me, I've just always got the thing about flipping backwards. I just hate it. Anyone that knows me knows that I just hate going backwards. So if I've, if I've got bases that I trust, and I think assuming obviously everyone on the team is quite experienced, you do trust them. So I have got used to it, but it's scary. Like it is really scary. Yeah, in pyramids, you have people on top of people and someone on top of that. It's just the thought of all of it crumbling. And I remember the first time the pyramids were like crumbling to the floor, I was like reacting like, oh my God, someone's actually going to die. Whereas all the people that are on like Unity Black that see that all the time, that's kind of normal. And they're like, oh yeah, capture. I was like, oh my God, someone's going to die. So it's fun, just very scary. It's hard to adapt to. It's a lot different. I think that's where, with, with level six, is it one, do you have a little bit more time to do things because you're going up that high? But also it's where having a cool head comes in because like you say, if someone's falling, it just takes the bases to go, okay, cool, that's where she's going to go to catch her. Whereas if they're a bit like you, where you're a bit like, someone's going to die because you're not used to it, then you wouldn't be able to catch it because you're panicking. Or you as a flyer would probably fall different, whereas those flyers would probably just fall like, oh, someone's going to catch me. Whereas you'd probably fall like, no one's going to catch me. And then as a cheerleader, you know that makes it 10 times worse when you start arms and legs in everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So the first time, first year I did it, I probably went back like two steps in terms of flying because Comfy. I would go up and be like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like when you first start cheer. But as the year went on and you kind of realised, actually, I can't do that, I need to squeeze. And then once you've done it a few times successfully, you're like, oh, okay. And you get the feel of it. Um, and then that's how I kind of improved. But to start with, it was scary. Hats off to Unity Black, you do that every week. Whew. Yeah, I, I've never, never, ever tried it. I've never even tried like a. It's the baskets and the pyramid that are the difference, really, aren't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just. A lot more intense if you're basing as well underneath those pyramids, like two people on top of you. Um, it's, it's, I think it's opinion. Some people absolutely love level six and would love to do that every week. But for me, I enjoy sort of the TikToks, the spinning skills, double downs, level uh, kick kick your baskets. Whereas people on Unity, they love the rewinds, the slow like slower dismounts, the higher pyramids. Yeah. But yes, opinion. I think they're both both levels are probably the similar difficulty but it's just different techniques that makes sense yeah. yeah i've never really thought about it like that that they, they look like the harder skills but uh, a double around at the top is probably just as hard as a rewind to the top as such yeah because you're just throwing it and catching it whereas on the base i'm guessing it's harder for you to kind of spin the skill look where the foot is and catch it yeah so more technical so what now, Laura? So after the crumble of the world, no, oh, no. leading, and this was going to be your last year. Yes, it was 100% going to be my last year. And I know people, I always say it every year, but it honestly was going to be my last year. I was kind of ready for it to be over. But um, oh, I don't think I can end on this year. Um, I'm so gutted as well because my sister's on bomb squad, the non-tumbling team, and it's going to be like my final year of cheer going to Worlds together and she's honestly, I can't describe how excited she's been for years seeing me go to Worlds, it's actually been a goal, like all the way back to when I, my first year and she was just, I don't think she ever thought she'd get the opportunity to be honest, but she's worked so hard, um, she's a really good base, so 
we were both so excited to go together and mum and dad were going to come to like one final world and so it's like do I end on this year where I haven't had the opportunity um so I'm going to try and push my body one more year yeah like you say it, if your sister probably wasn't going you probably would just say okay leave it there but that is a pretty cool thing to go and say that your last year you did it with your sister on her first year and have yeah. that have that experience yeah um, that's i mean what will be will be whatever happens who knows what happens with the teams who knows what will happen with team england kind of no one knows what will happen so both you're going to do both you're going to go back onto coventry and team england or uh it depends what happens with bases and tryouts but yeah I'll, i probably will go for it but i mean who knows, he might not make the team, might not have any bases to go with, might not be good enough. Who knows? You going to try out for Team England? Pardon? Are you going to try out for Team England? I probably will do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you want to just say yes? I know, yeah. I, what are we Guys who can't to? see this, you're gonna li- if you're going to listen to it on the audio, she's giving that face of where she just wants to say yes, but she feels like it's, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I will try. I know I will try out. Yeah, but um, I mean, it just depends on what happens with bases and if people still want to do it. Uh, if the team changes, if there's better people. So we'll I can do. tell that face because when I retired last year, I knew. You know, yeah. you just know. It's never like a maybe or a if that base isn't there or it's a no. I'm done. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I ended up going back, but that was for one team, just for worlds a team that I wouldn't ever say no to as such. Um, So it was like when I knew I was done, I was done with all the extras that go around it. Um, And everyone kept saying, oh, I knew you were going to go back. and But people didn't know the ins and the outs of everything. And like I say, I didn't have to do all the beginning of the season when it's really tough. I like walked in the middle of the season, was going to go to Florida, compete at Worlds, which who would ever want to turn that down? And then I'd be back to my normal coaching life. So it was easier to go back to as such, knowing you haven't got the whole of the season to do. Um, So you'll know when you're ready. You'll know when you're ready to retire. It won't be a, oh, maybe, or uh, depends on this person. You'll say, I'm done. But that's what I was like at the start of the season. (laughs) When I knew that I was going to Worlds, honestly... Oh, yes. Big change of... I was just like, the thought of even doing training next year, I'm actually done. I was like, "I'm, I'm excited finish which is weird because I've never thought of that so yeah like you say though like we at the back of the the start of the um, podcast the interview you were saying how stressful it is and at the beginning you were happy to have your Fridays off so that's probably what you're ready for that okay it's not a new point time of your life because you're never going to leave cheer you're in you never leave it um but just to get your relax a little bit yeah probably is it to me is what you're ready for like yeah i got rid of the friday nights and the weekend training and the the stress of competition and i swapped it for coaching on a wednesday night but there was nowhere near as much pressure no one here like you haven't got to yes i've got to keep fit to be healthy but nowhere near as competition fit so that even even stuff down like that doesn't take it it takes time when you're in a team and you're an athlete whereas like if if you miss a conditioning session when you're just a normal coach, it's like, yeah, cool, whatever. Yeah, but if you're athlete, you miss that 
session you can't miss that session so that's another hour out of your day and yeah. it, it's not just the training or the competitions that take it from you so that's probably what you're ready for you're ready just to go i need some i want some time back <laughs> to dye my hair pink and relax yeah <laughs> you see you there, laura oh yeah it's weird i keep looking in the mirror i'm like oh my god what have i done deb was saying it's something that's what humans do when they don't know what to do yeah, they change their own hair or they color their hair or they shave it off or they do random things um yeah. she was saying that that's why I, I, well obviously everyone's cutting their hair because they have to but like the dying of the hair and it's because we're lost and we're just a bit like uh yeah everyone's like we need something to do what should we do but I, I think it's, it's also because we don't care we're not going to work we're not seeing anyone so if anyone what? sees me with a really bad haircut or a blonde hair i'm not fussed <laughs> You know what? I think it looks good, you know, from this aspect. It looks good. It's not bad. I wish, yeah. wish it was grey. Enjoy your tie-dyeing and enjoy your rest of your day. Yeah, and you. And I'll hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, hopefully at the gym at some point when we eventually go back. Peace. Because you're a, you're a hippie right now, so peace yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> see you later, Laura. This episode is brought to you by Building From The Ground Up. Building from the Ground Up is a complete educational resource and training for all-star cheerleading and dance. BGU are the UK and Europe's leader in safety and technical training, now taught in four different countries, the UK, Ireland, Spain and Canada. Wowzers! Through the hands-on training, BGU coaches learn how to teach correct drills and progressions for stunting, tumbling, basket tosses in a hands-on way with demo athletes in a live gym setting ensures you will be de delivering safe and effective cheerleading. BGU also spe specializes in dance courses designed to help teach, train and qualify coaches to succeed in the all-star dance world, offering courses in palm and jazz and hip-hop. These courses are designed for the new dance coach or the cheer coaches who are wanting their first step steps into the world of all-star dance. We provide hands-on basic techniques, skills, drills that can be taken away and taken straight into the classroom. Each instructor has a strong background in cheerleading and dance coaching using their extensive, extensive knowledge. They efficiently communicate the course material in a fun environment guys if you are a novice to an advanced coach it looks like bgu building from the ground up has something for you so this episode is brought to you by them Special pieces.